Hey, welcome back, everybody. It's the Holistic OBGYN Podcast. I'm Nathan Riley, MD, Dr. Nathan Riley. I'm the host. And uh, before we go further, anything you hear on the show is definitely not medical advice. This is edutainment at its finest, and I will take credit for being the finest form of edutainment, but we're a 501c3 providing educational programming. This is not medical advice. If you want medical advice, go to your primary care doctor or whatever. You're going to get some amazing information here, but it's not to be construed as a replacement to going to your doctor. Getting the legal stuff out of the way, I've got an amazing guest, as always here. I've invited my friend, Sina Maria, who um, we met one another through um, the New and Ancient Story online forum, um, which was hosted by Charles Eisenstein and his ex-wife, Patsy Eisenstein. And... Um, I got to, to see that, you know, I just happened to stumble upon her account on there, and she's working with microdosing, and I do a lot of um, work with clients in microdosing, and we're talking specifically psilocybin here. And that's a pretty exciting thing to hear about, you know? This is um, especially interesting because Sina Maria was, was in the corporate world. She worked for Google, and, um, and uh, at some point decided, like, I can't, can't do this anymore, and she pivoted hard and went on to um, sort of a, a future in learning from and propagating the messages and the lessons of plants and fungi. And that's an important distinction, plants and fungi. Most people think of plant medicines and they consider psilocybin. Well, mushrooms, fungi of all sorts, are actually in a completely separate kingdom. There's kingdom plantae, there's kingdom fungi. And mushrooms are, are wholly understood so it's no surprise that we're just now starting to see, you know, some ears perk up within the research community about how powerful some of these medicines can be, specifically for treatment, refractory depression, PTSD, or um, trauma-related release. Um, for, in my work, specifically with women, PMS, cyclical pelvic pain, or non-cyclical pelvic pain, um, pain disorders like fibromyalgia, sleep disorders mood disorders, you name it. I mean, there's, there's a whole bunch, there's a whole variety of ways we can use this, not to mention neuropathic pain, chemo-induced neuropathies, diabetic neuropathies, um, neuropathies related to post-herpetic neuralgias, you know. Um, we've got shingles, there's this lasting pain, numbness, or tingling along that dermatome. There's no reason to think that mushrooms can't do that as well. And it's because they have a neurogenic property, they have a nootropic property. They help regenerate nervous tissue. And if you look under the ground, under the soil, there's going to be a gajillion. <laughs> Shows how much I know about big numbers. Gajillion. Uh, little tiny threads of mycelium running below your feet for feet on feet on meters of soil beneath your feet when you're out in your yard. And these networks work it seems very, very much like a nervous system. They allow trees on one side of a forest to communicate with trees 500 miles west of them to notify them of various external stressors or um, beetle infestations or whatever else. And those trees on the west side of the forest are now able to start adapting and building defenses against whatever that oncoming threat is. So since we've discovered the importance of mycelium, and, and mycorrhizal fungi, which is really these, these separate organisms all together that interface with the soil microbes and the roots of trees. 
now that we've discovered the importance of that, it makes us wonder, is was the Darwinian evolutionary sort of construct of nature, the dog-eat-dog world, you know, the, 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 the fight for survival against your brethren, right? Survival of the fittest. Um, is that the whole story? It really kind of forces you to draw, you know, to, to draw that into question, some of these things that you've really taken for granted. So I'd encourage you to think, you know, if, if trees are communicating and all the plants are communicating by ways of these millions of miles of highway underneath our feet, this giant nervous system, are they really competing? Are they trying to really trying to outcompete one another? It really, um, it should at least make you think about some of these things that we accept dogmatically. And I would argue that this ne- that the neo-Lamarckian um, sort of outlook on on quote fitness is probably is probably more accurate. You know, in in the very least the Darwinian evolutionary lens through which we've always seen the world for, you know, well over a hundred years is incomplete because we know that there's cooperation in nature. We know that. Trees are not trying to, to, to snuff one another out, right, so that they can enjoy more luxurious sunlight and the others can just you know, crash and burn. It doesn't work like that. There's this cooperative nature amongst all, the entire biosphere and it requires plants, insects, animals, fish, other wildlife, humans even, in the microbiome of the soil and the mycelial networks that connect everything. It really is a, is a cooperative, co-creative space between all of the members of our biosphere. And humans too long have thought that they're separate from. But once you've been initiated into mushrooms, whether it's in ceremony, it's through microdosing experience, you get to understand that there's something far more important happening here. So Sina Maria, back to her, back to my lovely guest. She left the corporate world and is working for about five years now with people and um, finding incredible results uh, through microdosing. So she works one-on-one with clients. She also has a YouTube channel. I think it was, uh, I think it's called, it's called Microdosing for Resilience. We'll have everything linked in the show notes. Um, I think that's good enough. You know, I'm still in Pittsburgh. I'm recording this. This is the next to last episode of the new year, I believe. Um, We'll have one more later this week. And then we'll be into the new year. And we'll be welcoming some new adventures on my end. For me, going into the new year, I think a big thing is going to be, how can I simplify my life even further? How can I work even less hours so that I can have as much time, quality time, with my wife and kids? That's really where it's at for me right now. I don't want to be working more, even if it doesn't mean I, even if it means I'm not going to double my income over 2022 or whatever. I'd really, really love to have more time and to be able to be more present. So it's something I'm actively working on. And um, I do think that mushrooms and ceremony. I think that those, my experiences, experiences with those things definitely inform that experience. So. Anyways, let's get to the conversation today. Um, If you haven't left us a review, if you love the show, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. It really helps people find the show, helps us rise in the rankings. We're doing something very unique here, and we're a 501c3, so we need your support. And speaking of being a 501c3, any donation to the show to help offset production costs is tax-deductible. If you're out there and you want to sponsor a podcast that's also tax deductible we're totally open to that we don't charge an arm and a leg for sponsorships we just need to make our production costs ends meet 
And um, and if you want to make a donation, we've got tons of goodies from supporters of the show. Companies like Bioptimizers, The Birth Deck, um, Charles Eisenstein, his publisher, um, have supported us with some books. We've got tinctures. We've got face serums. Be Her Farm in Nature. I mean, tons of tons of products. And if you go to the website, holisticobjuanpod.com, you can find a full list of what various donation levels will get you. It's also even better if you can if you can commit to a monthly donation, even if it's five bucks per month, it really, really helps us out here. So we're a 501c3. Everything given to us, whether it's product, donations, etc., it's all tax deductible. So if you have any questions, comments, concerns, you can also go to the Holistic Image One Pod and find us there. Without further ado, this is my conversation with Sina Maria. Hey, welcome back, everybody. It's the Holistic OBGYN. I'm Nathan Riley, and I'm here with my friend. She's my virtual friend, Sina Maria. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. I'm so I'm so stoked to be seeing you in person because you and I have exchanged a lot of messages online over, mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe six months or eight months or so. Um, tell everybody how we know each other. It's pretty interesting, our origin story. Yeah, so we met on... Charles Eisenstein has this beautiful social social media network, social network called yeah. A New and Ancient Story. And it's, you know, I've met a couple people through it and it feels like such a safe, nourishing yeah. place. Like the people there are just so, I don't know, everyone's just happy to be there and really friendly and open and supportive. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like a more beautiful version of Facebook in so many ways. <laughs> totally. Yeah. I, I get that same sense. Yeah. Um, I think I reached out to you because you were talking about microdosing. You were talking about something related to plant medicines. And I was like, man, I got to, you're in the NAS community and you do this incredible stuff with microdosing and, and you're, you seem very connected to the earth. And so hmm. um, I'm very grateful to know you. I really, you've already taught me so much and I've actually implemented some of your own technologies into my own life. So Wow. Thank you for that. <laughs> of course. Thank you. Yeah. Well, Sina Maria, let's start off with our big grounding breath. We do this in every episode. So um, guide us, guide away, and then we'll kind of get into the big question of the day. Okay. So I invite everyone to, if you're able to close your eyes, please do so. And if you're driving or something, don't do that. <laughs> Just find a an inward pointing focus. So bringing your awareness to your seat and maybe your spine and your belly and see if you can just find a little moment of relaxation in your body. And we'll take a big inhale in through our nose and then we're going to exhale out through our mouth. So inhaling. You can open your eyes when you're ready. Thank you. Wow. I don't know if it's what's in my volcano bag here or if it's uh, <laughs> the the guidance to just remind it to be look to be looking inward once in a while, but that really felt felt very, very cleansing, very grounding. So thank you. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so the qu- same question for you that I ask a lot of my guests, Sina Maria, what are three things you want the world to know about caring for women? Yeah. So my first one, Please empower women to listen to and trust their own bodies. And the key there is listening. So my my piece here is that 
in recent history and kind of modern times, women have been been taught, most of us have been taught to give our authority over to someone else, to a doctor or an authority figure outside of ourselves. And as I get closer to preparing for having for conceiving and having my own children, I keep anchoring into the remembrance that women have been birthing their own babies for thousands and thousands of years. Mm. And that we we know how to we know how to do this. We know how to create life and birth life and tend life and care for life. And our bodies are carrying these these codes. They're carrying the the DNA knowledge of all of our our mothers and ancestors before us. So we really do know a lot, you know, and I, mm-hmm. I think I think one thing that um, people can do to, to support women in trusting their own intuition and their own body wisdom is be curious and ask questions and and really listen to the responses. Yeah. Wow. We're going to start off with that one, huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're going deep. <laughs> oh, yeah. Man, I have a book I'm going to send you when we get off the show, get your address, but there's a book called Woman as Healer, and it really kind of goes mm. back into the uh, sort of, you know more, I don't want to use the word ancient, but it's really more, uh, kind of the fundamental understanding of, of the, the importance and the sacred nature of women. And, you know, it then illustrates how over the centuries, millennia, really, there's been this patriarchal overturning of power. And Mm -hmm. my suspicion, and this is not me trying to be a woke feminist white guy. My (laughs) suspicion is that at some point men in perhaps even indigenous communities realize that the women are way too powerful mm-hmm. and they need to systematically shift the narratives, like, you know, so to speak, in order for those things, those properties that, that really have imbued the divine feminine with these powers over, over thousands and thousands of years, if not millions of years, that those, that those properties are so powerful and untamable that we need to put structures in place that actually limit that power, right? And and we are yes. seeing that now more than ever in healthcare, of course, but mm-hmm. all over our society. Yeah, it's uh, it's a real tragedy. And um, yeah, so I, I'll, I'll pass the ball back to you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I love that because that, that's basically one of my my next my next point is yeah. is talking about that um, kind of wild primal power that mm. women carry. And what I wrote was embrace the wild primal energy and storms because that's where the wisdom oh, lies. Yeah. And that's a, that's a hard, it's a hard one to take action on it. I really think there's kind of a consciousness shift that needs to occur to be comfortable with the power that women carry. But, um, you know, back to what I said before, you know, women have the, the ability, the power, the capacity to create life and to birth life. And birth is such a primal animal act. You know, it really brings us to like our, our mammalian core. And in, in the birthing portal, you know, women like inherently know how to be primal and messy and wild and roar and scream and just, you know, be completely uncontained and uncontrollable. And that rawness can be really hard and scary for, for even other women. You know, it can be scary for anyone to, to witness that when we're not used to, to, when we're not in touch with that. Um, 
but our body again like back to the body like one thing that I wanted to share in this piece was that I I heard that when women gather with other women oxytocin is created in the body Mm. which which makes sense to me I don't know what study or you know I, I didn't fact check that but it makes sense when I gather with my my dear friends I feel so happy and there's something beautiful to that. You know, there's something, it's like our, our body, our evolutionary development supports women coming together. And there's, there's, there's something mm. there and I don't know what it mm-hmm. is, but there's, there's a power there. And I think what you said is, is right on. I think that can be intimidating and scary, especially for, for kind of the men, the patriarchal viewpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's, there's so much mystery and magic possible when, when there can be an kind of accepting and embracing of, of a woman's wild primal nature. Quick break here from my conversation with Sina Maria. If you haven't heard about waveblock.com, they are a sponsor of the show and we are super stoked about that because they're very much in alignment with our values on how to keep people healthy and Ben Salem has become a friend of mine he um, he came up with Waveblock from his home in in, uh, in in Los Angeles County where I did all my residency trainings there's in LA County you're being bombarded with EMF at all times giant cell towers if you're a host- in the hospital there's all these machines there's all this this radiation being just deposited into you and your energetic bodies all day long and if you're listening to your favorite podcasts or music, whatever, and you've got your earbuds in, those powerful modems, these Bluetooth modems, are millimeters away from your brain at all times. So while it may not necessarily be as bad as getting a CT of the brain every day, that low dose, 8, 12 hours a day, all day long, every single day, inevitably we're going to find that, it has, that it's problematic. We know that it, it disrupts developing embryonic cells we know that it disrupts cellular processes in petri dishes and it's very very reasonable to assume that the same applies to our sensitive little brains and we've got these earbuds right in our our ear holes at all times we got our cell phones with four powerful antennas strapped to our thighs at all times right next to our gonads whether it's your ovaries or your testicles, impacting fertility, impacting all kinds of things. And we just don't even know the possible downstream consequences of this. But of course, just like when you put the lead on your, across your neck and across your chest when you get x-rays at the dentist, we need to be protecting the radiation that's going straight to our brain. So go to waveblock.com. They make these elegant stickers with even special adhesive to make sure that you're blocking as much of that EMF while not blocking the sound or, 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 or detrimentally impacting the sound quality through your earbuds. Waveblock also makes stickers for the backs of your phones. You get it cut specifically to the size of your phone. And between the two of those things, you aren't going to block all of the radiation in the space, but at least you're going to be blocking it from the devices that you're carrying with you every single day. Um, because it's nice to have access to it, but man, it would be nice if we didn't have to be exposed to the radiation. So go to waveblock.com. At checkout, use code BELOVED and you'll save 10% right off the bat off your purchase. Um, I hope you can support them so they can continue to support us. And um, I think that's all. So let's get back to my conversation with Sina Marie. (laughs) 
Yeah, in, in so many ways in our society, in our culture, I don't know, you know, society, culture, like they're all kind of blending because of globalization. But like, you know, right. when, when we actually think about how women are treated in even the workplace, let's say, right? What we've what we've sort of we we've kind of drifted into is only valuing the masculine masculine attributes, and the masculine is also important. Absolutely. But what we've kind of given the impression to women is that hey, if you're not masculine, you're not valuable. And and when I say mm-hmm. masculine, I'm not talking about having big shoulders or whatever. I'm talking about the doers. They get it done. The checklist. Blah 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 blah. What right. about actually stepping back and holding space for the process? That actually is not valued. And there's something critically important there in birth, of course, mm-hmm. but even just honoring women for having the capacity to create. It's a co-creative process when a man and a woman create and conceive a baby. Yep. There's there's a lack of respect for that. It's been turned into this pathologized, medicalized thing as just one example of how right. we've we've kind of been, we, we, it's like we have a state of amnesia that we forget like there is some important there's 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 some deeply intrinsically juicy importance to just honoring women for being women, and that doesn't mean you stay at home and cook and clean. That's not what I'm saying, everybody. Mm-mm. What I'm what I'm mm-hmm. saying is that we used to worship women for their of their creative powers, and really they are giving right. birth to the universe every moment of every day, mm-hmm. and um, and to not acknowledge that we're losing out on the healing powers, the nurturing powers of the feminine. And so it's yep. no surprise that our culture, our society is heading in this direction of just control, 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 as opposed to holding space and observing and and compassionately loving one yeah. another. Yeah, and being present. And and that was that's another thing is I I, I believe that women are are have capacity to process emotions for the collective. Mm. And of course, men can do this too. But I think that um, with kind of the the biology of women geared more towards community and gathering, like I just showed the oxytocin, when you come together, women are supported and nourished by coming together in a way physiologically. You know, I think that there's an attunement to the emotional and energetic pulses that are moving through. And that can be that can look really messy and scary mm. to someone mm-hmm. when a woman's just screaming or raging or, you know, crying. And it's really this, this scary, it can be scary because it's so untamed, but, but yeah, the, that is an important, that's an important role, yeah. right. Is, is yeah. moving that energy. And so the more that we have people that can, can hold a container with love and just like, all right, mm. you're, doing your thing and it's okay, right? I don't have to fix. I don't have to change. I'm just going to love you right here. Yeah. Wow. I kind of just want to keep like goading you to keep talking, but I know that this is supposed to be my interview opportunity for you. So um, you have so much to share. Um mm. I'm wondering how have you, you know, you, you said these are not action. There's not like an obvious actionable thing, right? For your mm-hmm. second point. But how do you actually see our society coming to a point where we can, again, embrace the divine feminine? Like, how, how do you actually see that happening, if, if at all? Yeah. I'm just kind of curious. Yeah. I, um, what comes to mind is really a s- slowing down mm-hmm. and, and a folk, like a returning to nervous system regulation. Because um, right now I feel like we're collectively in, in modern society, we're, we're pretty reactionary, we're pretty overloaded, we're pretty um, 
just just overwhelmed and so that can that's uh if something challenging is happening or something that is even uncomfortable or just new is happening we can react in this kind of tensing and constricting Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. and just kind of try and be like stop no don't do that i try and control but if we're if we are really practicing presence and then we are really working on being in our physical bodies and having calm nervous systems and feeling nourished, Mm. then I think we're more able to, to be present with what is and what occurs. So that slowing down piece I think is, is really important right now. Yeah. I I think what you're tapping into is really, you know, it, it goes even beyond just, you know, gender dynamics or whatever, it really is, uh, it really is a matter of our ongoing war with nature, right? Our desire to control everything and women are not tameable. Mm -hmm. Neither are men, but Mm -hmm. especially women who've been caged up, you know, metaphorically and and not so metaphorically in many, many cases, um, when women have been caged up, like there is a, the rattling of the cage is getting louder and louder. And our, efforts to try to control every variable, every aspect of nature has led us nowhere good in medicine. It has Mm -hmm. led us nowhere good. I mean, even if you want to consider what's going on politically and with the pandemic and everything else, like the more that we try to control the things that we, we deep down know inside our hearts, we know we can't control the worse things become. Right. And I I think we've seen that within the the patriarchy as, as a whole. And I'm using that word loosely, but everybody knows what I mean. The hierarchical way that we structure our society is patriarchal yeah. in nature. It doesn't matter what you say. It's it's not an opinion. It's just the way it is. Because right. we think that controlling things is going to lead to predictable outcomes. Well, it's not serving mm-hmm. us. And so it's time to it's time to move into 2.0. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And embrace the unknown. That's the key. Like right, we are trying right. to control because we're trying to know and predict what's what happens. And right. that's fundamentally backwards. There's there's right. just no way. Right. We can't. We right. can't do that. Nature does not work that way right. at all. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, you know, I, I'm an OBGYN. So in my years of, of attending births in hospitals, I saw us applying. I used to be big on evidence-based medicine. And so people would mm-hmm. say, I'm going to do this thing. And here's the evidence for why I want to do it. And I started realizing, oh, my God, I need to backpedal here. Because that sacred experience I had with maybe my first birth as a medical student that really inspired me, the mystique of birth and the unknown mm-hmm. and the, all these other mm-hmm. attributes you're describing, it's actually what led me into my residency training program in OBGYN. And then I realized, oh my gosh, we are just trying to control this natural process. And the more control mechanisms we put into place, the, the more, uh, it's not even unpredictable, the more challenged actually the woman who's giving birth actually becomes mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. she's being, she has all these control mechanisms being put into place. And those control mechanisms are creating other problems that we then heroically have to go and solve. Well, right. Well, that that obviously doesn't make sense, but nobody knows how to get off that path. Everybody just thinks, well, we just need more evidence. We need more science. We need more blah, 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 blah. And those control mechanisms are just creating more issues, not least of which is a growing distrust in the medical establishment and a growing distrust of women, you know, among women of the mostly very masculine driven doctors, both male and female doctors who are trying Mm -hmm. to impose these levels of control to try to get, get good outcomes. But here in the United States, when we've tried to control everything, we have actually the worst birth outcomes of any developed nation for precisely that reason. So again, wow. this is a microcosm of a macro a macro issue, but I, I totally resonate with what you're saying. 
Absolutely. Yeah. It's like a simplicity kind of returning to simplicity and, and trust that there's a right, deep need to right. trust that we're going to be okay. That, that nature yeah. figured it out. Like we were able to birth all of humanity the, <laughs> the previous thousands of years, you know, yes, like we were able yes. to do that without any of this technology. And That's of course so there's so much, there's so much um, goodness with, with medicine and having technology, you know, it's not like I'm, totally um saying of course none of that's good but it's like i don't you know we really were able to, to do pretty well you know yeah. like yeah. the human race <laughs> got here so before yeah. nathan riley got his md and became a doctor everybody was doing just fine i promise you <laughs> <laughs> no but your work is really 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 needed and important and i, I really appreciate you I yeah, I, I appreciate that, Sina. I do. And I also am, uh, my ego has been obliterated, you know, over, <laughs> over years of attending births and realizing just how little these, these means of trying to control it ha have helped. I've like my, my ego is just dust <laughs> in the wind now. So you, I can't be harmed mm. in this conversation. I'm coming from ground zero and I'm trying to build something new with people like you. So thank mm. you for that. <laughs> so gosh, uh, I did we, we didn't even get to our third point yet. I mean, we could go on. Um, but do you have do you have a third distinct point you wanted to mention? I do. Yeah, this one actually is slow is usually better than fast. And I'm thinking specifically for women and women's bodies and tangentially like bodies, women's bodies are always communicating to you and with you. And I think the key here is that in modern society, the role of mother, which is historically a very powerful role of birthing and tending and keeping a family, you know, unit together and nourishing, it's been, you know, kind of manipulated. And right. now there's now women are more like we caretake people and we people please people. We instead of being kind of in our powerful center as like mother and wisdom keeper where we're we're babying and coddling and and we will I do this all the time I smile to make people comfortable you know mm. I, I smile and nod you know I want I, I I try and and kind of manage the environment around me right and the so women can say we can voice certain things out of our mouths but body is really if you can tune into what a woman's body is communicating you might find that what she's saying is very different than what she's communicating with her body she may be closed or tense or moving away from you while also saying something nice and so when women are in a space of vulnerability or, you know, feeling uncomfortable or, or confused or doubtful, that's when slowing down to listen and observe and feel the body cues and then mm -hmm. respond from that place. Well, that's our show. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I... You, everything you say, I'm like, well, here's 10 other things that, that, that I could add. And I don't want to be that person, that guy. I mean, um, what, one thing that just came to mind is like, if somebody wants to practice this, like when you're having, when you're making love to your partner, it could mm -hmm. be men, it could be two women, it could be male, female, right. you know, whatever. If you're just getting through t for the purpose of having an orgasm, you're missing yep. out on the point of having sex, right? Like, yep. And, and I don't, I mean, we're not, we don't need to get into the 
to the sort of nuance here, but it's, it's really a matter of like listening to the other person's body and everybody out there knows, man, there was that time that I had sex with my partner where I was like able to feel her, right? Like this is, Mm -hmm. this is like the heart of Tantra. It has nothing to do with orgasm. Orgasm is the, is like possibly you achieve it, possibly you don't. It's really Uh a matter of moving together and connecting and, and, and feeling where she's at. And yeah, we all struggle with that. We all do mm-hmm. um, because Absolutely. our society is always like we're so determined for, you know, to, to, to we're striving for immediate gratification in every aspect of our life. And now, yeah. hey, we got 15 minutes. The kid's asleep. Let's let's have sex because we, we <laughs> both need to get our rocks off. Like you can masturbate if you want to do that. If you right, want to actually right. connect with your partner, like slowing down and really seeing their cues and feeling their cues. That's what connection is about. But mm-hmm. we struggle with that with even our most intimate partners, let alone a stranger on the street or a patient yeah. or a friend or, you know, yep. our, our parents or whatever else. You know, it's yep. our society does not value the the importance of just slowing down and being present. And I am guilty as anybody. I, I know that. And um, but identifying and recognizing it, maybe that's kind of at the heart of fixing this big societal issue that you're that you're so eloquently describing. Yeah. And, you know, taking a breath before every podcast and encouraging your listeners to do that. That's that's, right. I mean, that's, that's big, you know, like yeah. this is, it really is the breath that, that that can bring us into this moment. And I, mm. you know, we are, the forces are kind of working against us right now, but I, I really think we're, we're making steps. We're taking steps and making progress. That's amazing. So your three points are so spot on Sina Maria. I knew I made the right decision asking you to come on the show. Um, since we are kind of out of time, do you want to give some people, you know, some recommendations as to what they can do to connect with you, to work with you, to dive a little deeper? Yeah. So we didn't, I didn't touch on microdosing at all, but I kind of, I kind of <laughs> thrive in the, in the microdosing of magic mushrooms as a practice for, for self-healing and, mm. and inviting more slowness into, into your life. And so uh, I have a website, microdosingforresilience.com, and I hang out on Instagram a lot at Sina underscore Maria. Um, and yeah, I just I just am educating a lot about this topic and having really fascinating conversations with with people like you. So thank you so much for having me on here. You are a wise woman, and I, I really do appreciate you taking time out of your busy day for this, mm-hmm. and um, I hope people can reach out and connect with you, and I hope that you and I can collaborate and work together more in the future. I would love that. Yeah. All right. Well, take care. I'll talk to you soon on Instagram. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. Another lovely conversation. Sina Maria, thank you so much. You're such a joy. We'll have to have you back on the show to talk a little bit more about microdosing in the very, very near future. Um, all the links, all the mentions are going to be in the show notes. You can find those at holisticobgynpod.com. Um, my name is Nathan Riley, Dr. Nathan Riley, MD. I have a practice, Beloved Holistics PCA. You can find me at belovedholistics.com. We've got a newsletter. We're going to be rebranding for the new year. I'm super excited for you to be a part of it. If you have any thoughts, questions, concerns, or need any further clarification, please find me, submit. Uh, You can just contact me directly through the website. Um, Waveblock.com, one of our generous sponsors. Remember, go to 
weightblock.com. Use code BELOVED to save 10% on EMF blocking technologies. Ben Salem, the owner, has tested them against all of the products out there on the market, and these ones perform by far the best of EMF blocking technologies. Um, and I do think that they go really, really well with some of the harmonizing technologies out there like biogeometry. So that would be my recommendation. Pick up some of these stickers, use biogeometry, and keep yourself as safe as, as and sound as possible. If you uh, haven't left us a, a five-star review, go to iTunes. Please leave us a five-star review. It helps people find us. It helps us rise in the rankings. You know we're doing something very unique here, and uh, we don't really fit into a niche category of podcasts. So people sometimes have a hard time finding these niche podcasts, and um, we need your support in order to do that. And then lastly, if you want to make a donation, everything is tax deductible. We are a 501c3. You can do so through com. All kinds of great gifts await, and we will um, definitely, uh, definitely make it worth your time to go and make a donation, uh, which again is tax deductible. That's it for today, guys. We'll see you next time on the Holistic Image Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Take care.